We have hope. Hope that things can get better. And they will. You called it Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, folks, welcome back to The Bizzle Daily Rebels. We are on Season 3, Episode 10 or 11, Visions and Voices. This is the, I believe, fourth out of five Darth Maul episodes. There was Twilight of the Apprentice, Season 2, and this is the third of four in this season. And we don't see Ezra again. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't see Maul again until very late in the season in the classic Obi Wan Kenobi confrontation, twin sons. Um, but this is teasing that in a ton of reasons because even though Maul's in only about half this episode, it ends up being about magic and Dathomir and witches, which we'll get to. This sort of Ezra being connected with Maul and him haunting him and getting into his brain uh, is is ultimately what causes Ezra to somewhat irrationally you know head off to Tatooine in the final episode experience something very similar to uh, oh, he's seeing Maul everywhere I think Ezra in one of these he faints in another one he runs after a rebel who in his mind looks like Maul and is going to murder him yeah Hera is just annoyed Kanan has a sense that something weird's going on there it is yep yeah Kanan can sense it Kanan's so strong in the brain side of the force. So this is the opposite of Ezra being whiny. This is them thinking Ezra is acting like an immature child, but he's actually experiencing things on a super high level that even adults might not be able to handle, let alone a kid. So, yeah, this is one where he passed out. I guess this isn't the one where he goes to murder someone that he thinks is, uh... It was Maul again. The briefing, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's right there. It's, um... Yeah, you'd think it, this is, it's almost annoying. Like, you'd think they would just trust Ezra at this point because he's hes so often right. But Kanan trusts him. Right. Zeb acts annoyed for two seconds and then attributes it to working too hard, which it could very much could be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a bad something. Yeah, you had a bad, horrible vision with Maul. You got so much responsibility. There are the holocrons that are emptied, I suppose. Right. Yeah, he knows the Maul thing is still going on. So, you know, I've talked about how, like, the Maul performance and character with Sam Witwer always is better than the episodes. It's just his arcs in The Mandalorian, with The Mandalorian stuff and The Clone Wars are so extended and epic. It's hard with these single episodes where, you know, with the five episodes starting with Twilight and ending with him getting murdered for the second and, I think, final time by Obi-Wan is one giant story of him sharing knowledge with Ezra and needing more and more and more of it to find Obi-Wan. But it's never clear why Obi-Wan is such 
other than getting revenge for killing him. But it seems Darth Maul wants to kill the Sith, but he's also involved in underworld stuff, as we see in the comic books, in the Clone Wars, and of course at the end of Solo. So it's just not totally clear to me what Maul really wants, but that's kind of the point. I mean, Gollum knows that he wants the ring and will do anything to get the ring, but outside of that, oh, here it comes. This is the almost murder of the rebel. But outside of that, you know, Gollum, of course, doesn't know why he wants the ring. That's the whole point. That's what the ring does. It makes you want it for for the wrong reasons or no reasons at all. Kanan. (laughs) Yeah. And this is extra rational because... Even if this were Maul, Ezra would normally not murder an unarmed bad guy. Well, not always. It's happening to me. Yep, be careful. Oh, this is a great series of scenes going from the Bendu and then Maul knowing where their base is. There goes the ghost looking amazing. (laughs) Oh, this is why he needs to be, and this is great. Yeah. Is this the one where he says put a tracker on Ezra? Yeah. This is brilliant. He knows Maul's coming for Ezra. In fact, he's counting on it. Right. Normally, Sabine would be suspicious, but she can tell how serious this is and Kanan is doing for his own good. It's not big brother stuff. It's protective brother stuff. Sorry, the volume keeps changing with all the loud music. God, the Bendu always looks amazing. He knew we were coming. Yes. Tom Baker, fourth doctor. God bless him. I'm loving the new Doctor Who. Yep. This doesn't take very long to flip around. This is great. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Warned you about it. Yeah. Great danger. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Incomplete. Yep. Right, Holocons were destroyed. There was more like they were emptied than destroyed. It's not good. Uh. What do you want to do? He's constantly asking this to Kanan. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally Yoda. I'm just up seeing them all. Then don't turn around. I remember this is the first time. I'm like, oh, no. No, no, no. Uh, the, sw- the swelling strings. Once Darth, now just Maul. Bendu's already gone. Did he see the Bendu? No. Nope. Bendu was not seen by Maul. Very cool. Yeah. You know immediately he's going to try and blackmail the, them with the location. <laughs> so, Kanan says, you're not getting off this rock. And he knows, he must know that Maul has contingency plans. But he has to sell that he wouldn't have expected Maul. And therefore put the bracelet on Ezra so they can track him. It's brilliant. Of course, the ultimate... Uh, death-defying situation in Dathomir, which Ezra has to save Kanan and Sabine, there's no way of them to see. 
Right. So, you know, they keep stringing along that there are, are fragments, you know. The first episode of the season was their communion of the two holocrons. The second was sharing more information with the holocrons. Now we're trying to get the third episode of completing the information of the holocrons. And with all of that knowledge and all of the screen time, just to get to Obi-Wan Kenobi with all of his other apparent motives makes no sense. But I think his apparent calmness and sense of purpose is supposed to contrast with the complete irrationality and just nonsensicalness, if that's a a word or makes sense in this context, uh, with his motives or non-motives or, you know, lack of understanding whether even has motives and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Kanan, again, selling it. He completely selling it. He knows this is going to happen. That's why he got the bracelet worked on by Stabini Bean. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you. Right. He's act. He's totally acting like, uh, he's acting like he had no idea that this was going to happen. My apprentice, God, Maul, give it up. He will never, ever, 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 forever, ever be your apprentice under any circumstances. Here we go. Yep, they're already tracking it. Of course, Kanan was right. Kanan's always right. No, he's not, but he's more right. He's he's a higher uh, betting average of being right now than he used to. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, look at that Mandalorian ship with the red and black. Beautiful. That is death of me. All right. Alright, so we have a lot to talk about with Dathomir, guys. So, Dathomir and Maul and the Night Sisters and all of this, before it came into Clone Wars, after being teased in Episode 1, was in the extended canon, was expanded upon the extended canon before being... Uh, briefly not in new canon but they're always were planning on bringing it back right his family the night sisters were killed that's the women masterful witches now you guys can go to wikipedia and look this up if you look if you watch clone wars everything with asaz ventress and the night mother or whatever she's called uh, is amazing the rebirth of maul they made happen even though i thought there was no way they were ever going to be able to find a realistic way of uh of bringing maul back and it didn't matter because the freaking execution was so good but the important part of this guys is that there is and now this isn't canon because we're seeing it right here um is that there's jedi force powers there's sith force powers there's stuff in the middle like the bendu then there's you know Soka, who's gray or silver, as I've been calling her, sort of a freelance light side Jedi. But on top of that, at least on the Sith dark side, 
there is magic. And this is important not only in terms of world building, but because we see Sith magic from the Emperor having to do with the world between the worlds and, and season four with Ahsoka, rather than normal force powers, allows you to, it might not be as powerful as straight up Sith force stuff on the surface, but it does allow you to do some really messed up, interesting time and space warping stuff uh, that traditional force powers may not. We don't see Vader do it. We do see, as I'm saying, the Emperor doing it later on in the series there's the dark saber and as soon as he touches the mall so his freaks the shit out immediately calm again and this is where they pick up the dark saber and this is going to come in big time i can't wait to get to that with sabine but anyways we know so little about the world between worlds outside of that one or two episode arc at this point but i think that it's more in the magic side of the of the, the universe rather than the traditional Jedi force side of the universe. And that's why the emperor has to use magic there. That's why it's so hard to reach. And that's why a non-traditional, but super powerful freelance force user like Ahsoka would be one who could find it and discover it and travel between it. Even though it's billed as Sabine and Ezra finding it and Ezra going in and saving Ahsoka. Nevertheless, I think Ahsoka has either seen it before, knows about it and may continue to use it in the future. <laughs> Like in my book, right, so before it was holocrons, now it's potions. You know, this is sort of the dark Disney stuff, right? If you have some Disney-ish episodes of like the young cadets training and stuff like that, this is sort of the dark magic, you know, Ursula and the Little Mermaid or, you know, the Black Cauldron um, and so forth. And again, because it doesn't really forward the Maul story, like you could literally have gone from the previous Maul episode where he basically saw Tatooine and Obi-Wan directly to Twin Suns. Now, the green effect on the eyes is great. This shows that they're being taken over by magic to a certain degree. And Ezra's going to have to get creative to save his buddies from this magic. But... You know, and so those are the two main things here. One is to forward Maul to such a point where they can wait until the end of the season and wrap this up in one final glorious episode. Um, but it's also to start building, bringing in more extended can, um, old canon, extended universe stuff into the new official canon having to do with force magic, which maybe I'll talk about more. I definitely will talk about more when we get to the mall in the Sage, um, and, uh, um, oppress Savage Oppress episodes in uh, the later uh, Clone Wars seasons. Actually, coming up pretty soon um, with me and Simi. So they both know about Omi Obi Wan on the Twin Suns planet now. It's clear as day. And with eight minutes left, then Maul just abandons Ezra here. Does he even try and make Ezra his apprentice one last time? I can't remember. Very cool, ghoulish stuff. There's a lot of reminiscence here with the men, the cursed men, of course, under the mountain uh, and Return of the King in the Lord of the Rings books and movies. Right, the magic, sometimes spelled with a K in the old-fashioned way. Right, don't let them touch you. He's even scared of his own, the spirits of his own people. So if this is his planet and, you know, the ghost descendants of his people, the blasters, of course, are going to do nothing, just like Gimli's, uh, you know, uh, axe and, uh, and Legolas's arrow do nothing. It's only the sword of, um, 
Aragorn that's able to stop the king of the men under the mountain. It's interesting to think whether the dark saber would have any effect on them. Um, but I don't think, I don't think there's any connection other than with the dark saber, other than just Maul has stolen it. It belongs on Mandalore. This is cool, of course, because we, uh, you know, Kane eventually ditches this visor, which is cool. And we just see his blind eyes. And this is the first time in a while. And for him to have the green eyes, you know, that this is really in his soul because, you know, if, if the clouding over of the blind eyes can't hide it, then, uh, you know, we, we're obviously meant to realize that it's fully taken on, uh, on Kanan. Now, I do remember, wow, this is great lightsaber battle. I totally forgot about this. I thought Maul was long gone by now. We cannot defeat the Night Sisters. He's fighting Kanan. I think the only reason he's not killing Kanan is because he's trying to get Ezra on the side. This is his final attempt for his apprentice, and then he just uses Ezra late in this uh, season to get to Obi-Wan. But he does make one final um, one t- final attempt here, and it's not going to work, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. The altar is the source of their power. Uh huh. <laughs> it's unfortunate about your friends. God, he's so bad at selling, joining his side. It, not that Ezra would join if he had helped his friends, but this is locking it in for, sh- for shizzle. It's never going to happen. Yeah, forget the past. This is the Kylo Ren. Let the past die, etc., etc. Very Nietzschean, very existential. Yeah. It's so, it's just so selfish. Right. Exactly. 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 You disappoint me. This is the whole emperor lack of vision thing, which is an important ongoing theme. You know, Bad guys often accuse good guys of lacking vision. I often accuse people of lacking vision, but usually with bad guys, it's usually big things like let's take over the universe and genocide and so forth. Uh, so that's that's not the kind of vision we should be going after, obviously. Okay, so now with with less than five minutes, including credits, so there's like three minutes left, we have to sell this entire mini adventure in the climax here of him saving uh, Sabine's climbing just like a, sp- a golem. I mean, that's exactly how Gollum climbs when we see him at the first come after the hobbits in the two towers. It's my precious. Yes. Yes. Precious. Yeah, Sabine with the dark saber. So Sabine, for psychological, familial, political, and all sorts of other reasons, doesn't want anything to do with this thing uh, for a while. And and um, Fen Rao and, and Kanan have to convince her. Uh, but I, I'm sure it didn't help that she, the first time she wielded it, it was in this horribly, uh, you know, mind controlled state by the Night Sisters. Very cool. Get he, he just force pushes her outside the cave. So why can't you do this to Kanan? Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. Every time they do a mind meld, Maul gets more information. Ezra can see the information, but it's it just, I guess that's the whole point, is that Maul does get what he wants slowly, and Ezra has to keep doing it because of threats against his friends and, 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 the, and so forth. Um, okay, here we go. Kanan saying, Right, so now Kanan is channeling Mother Talzin, I believe, the head of the Night Sisters. Um, 
I won't go to Asajj Ventures, Quinlan Voss. We'll wait till we get to the Clone Wars with Simi. That right? Let my friend go. That's never happening. Perhaps if you prove stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Not losing you to these monsters, he says. Force pushes them. You know, I talk about how the small, smaller Jedi like Ezra and um, and Ahsoka by necessity have to use the force push. So he offers himself up. I guess being younger and stronger, they take the bait. I'm never clear how he gets it. Right, you belong to us, boy. And Kanan says, what would you do? Yeah. Now he's got the dark saber and the lightsaber, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. I mean, even if you know the extended canon, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. This is similar to what Ahsoka does, copying Gandalf with the bridge and uh, in Fellowship of the Ring. Somehow the two lightsabers together is enough of a jolt of power to kill them. I think they're dead. I'll have to get back to you on that. I don't really care <laughs> that much. Um, but go to wikipedia.com to research the Night Sisters and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> it's the last time we're working with Maul. Yeah, they didn't really have a choice, but sh- sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sabine's form of love to Ezra is never listening to his orders if she smells something going wrong. And they work so... I, uh, we all kind of knew being a kid's show and then being the youngins, they were going to push the Bean and Ezra way up front in season four. But they, over the three seasons, and we still is happening and, and will culminate in their bonding in the Darksaber episodes, shows... Right, this is about the two sons of Obi-Wan. Um, uh, just, they, they build their platonic friendship and teamwork so well that by the time they start you know, kicking ass against the Empire, just the two of them in season four, it, it's glorious. Um, here we go. Sabine picks up the dark saber. It's calling to her. It calls to you. Yes. Yes. My precious. Sorry. Is this how they end it with her just holding the dark saber? This is great. This is great. Yeah. She, now between now and seven episodes later or whatever, she gives it to, uh, Kanan and wants nothing to do with it. Oh man. Great episode. One of the better of the ball episodes. Yet another episode that you think is a standalone, but really is building both towards twin sons and the dark saber and season four is season two and three continue to do this over and over again. Thank you for joining me. Up next is the two part ghost of Geonosis with Saw Carrera. Oh man. We've seen Saw in, we saw 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 in Rogue One, obviously, um, played by Forrest Whitaker, and here he's voiced by Forrest Whitaker. He was not voiced by Forrest Whitaker and was much younger and looked and sounded much different in the Clone Wars, which isn't some of my favorite episodes on Onderon, but there is some great stuff. And Saw is an interesting character, but the but the the writing for him, but specifically the performance and just presence of Forrest Whitaker is so cool as Saw Guerrero. I'm gonna do the Ghost of Genosis Part One and Two, even though they are separated file wise together. Um, um, so I'll explain. Uh, I'll explain this at the end when we get there. But just so you know, as soon as part one ends, I'm going to say pause and come back when you're ready and count directly into 
part two. Now, part one, I'm going to start right off the bat, like I've been doing and not doing a countdown in the beginning. You guys have been picking up on it, but part two, I will do a countdown into because I don't know how much of the credits you watch and so forth. So that will be episodes 11 and 12 or 12 and 13, Ghosts of Geonosis. It really can't wait. The season continues to get better and better and better. Um, and we're getting ever closer to the Dark Saber saga, which is amazing. Sabine and Mandalorian stuff where we have so much to talk about in terms of the future of Star Wars. So thank you so much for joining me. You guys have been awesome. I've been the Bizzle. I'll be back at you very soon. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.